On this episode, I interview Mireille Sine. Mireille is an endurance athlete, community builder, and running coach with a master's in public health. She has ran a handful of marathons and ultras. She was diagnosed with lupus in 2013 and has been using running to give her strength to live life on her terms. In this episode, we talk about her trail running journey, why she runs, running communities, diversity in our community, and coaching. Welcome to the She Runs Trails podcast. I am your host, Elements of Daisy. I am an ultra runner and endurance mindset coach. If you're new here, hello there. In this podcast, I interview other female trail runners in hopes to educate, empower, and inspire more women to run on the trails. If you're a returning listener and have been enjoying the podcast, it would really mean a lot to me if you can rate and leave a review in whichever platform you're listening to this episode. If you would like to support the podcast and help it keep it ad-free, please consider donating as low as a dollar to the podcast. You can donate through the Anchor account. The link is in the show notes. This will really help me. Thank you so much for your support. Let's get into the show. Hi, Mila. Thank you. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. I'm excited to talk to you. I know we've, um, Simire and I met through SoCal Trail and we've been, you know, we've been have the gift to run with each other and share some, some, a little bit more about each other. And I'm excited to share about her story because she's an incredible athlete, incredible person doing amazing things for the community. Uh, so today, <laughs> tell us, how did you get into trail running? Uh, into trail running. I started trail running um, in 2018 and the answer is like twofold. Um, there was something to do with me, like wanting to discover um, what I could do outside of the marathon. By the time I decided to like try the trails, I'd done my fourth road marathon. So I felt like I, you know, I kind of knew what was going on in that aspect, but I wanted to explore running on a different terrain, running uh, for longer hours and longer distances and to see what that felt like. Uh, so that was one part of it. But also because the people that I would see in our community doing trail running like didn't match the people that I would see like in the magazines or in advertisements and things like that. So for me, it was natural to see more people of color on the trails because they were like my friends. Um, but I was really bothered by the fact like that, that wasn't the same images we were getting like on the social media side of things. So I was like, all right. And I also did see a lot of women of color on the trail. So that was a huge thing. Like the friends that were doing it, they were all males. <laughs> and I literally did. I didn't know at the time, like that many women of color that were doing like distances on the trail. So I was like, let me throw my hat into the game. <laughs> it's like, let me be the change I want to see on the trails, right? right? Like, we're right. like, oh, I want more. Di I want to see more diversity. And it's kind of like, what am I doing to contribute to the diversity on the trails? And how, how have you been influenced? Like, what, what gets you to get out the door to go for your runs? What, what influences you to, to run? I think number one, just feeling good about it. Like, it's, it's like an automatic win, you know, to be able to, like, wake up, get out the door, and move your body in a way that you enjoy. I think it's a very important aspect of the sport. And to also do it for yourself. Um, so I know with, like, Instagram, things get a little tricky with, like, what is your real motivation? Like, why are you actually like going in and getting these miles? But if you kind of stick to doing it for your, your for yourself and for your health, for me, like my health is a big aspect of it too. Like we've had a short conversation about how, so I have lupus. So it's a really good way for me to like manage my lupus and all those symptoms as well. Um, I do it because 
it centers me for the day, even if I run in the evenings. It's like, if I don't run in the morning, then I'm looking forward to running in the evening. If I run in the morning, then it's like automatically a good day. Do you, do you feel, when you were diagnosed with lupus, did you feel like you won't be able to be an athlete or run how you were running when you were diagnosed? Uh, yes, it was very, I mean, it was challenging not to know what the future would look like in that moment. Um, coming from a very active background, like I wasn't as heavy as a runner that I was back then, but I played sports, you know, and I love to dance. Um, I love to compete in dancing. So to go from being able to do everything you could like on your own as an individual to literally having to help my mom like walk me or like bathe me when I got out of the hospital was just like a complete 180. Um, so really questioning like how much independence would I have? How would I, how would I recover? How would that affect me? when I what when I would get the clearance to go back into running or doing any sort of sport. Do, do you feel that having this is kind of more of a motivation could kind of proving the science of like, no, I can do hard things or I can challenge myself and do things that more people, you know, you get the, you get diagnosed with something and then you kind of feel like the world shuts down. There's no other possibilities. Are you one of those individuals who just wants to challenge that thought? Yeah, I think I definitely use it as motivation. Um, after I did a lot of the treatments for a couple of years and I got into remission and got the okay to start moving and exercising again, that was right around the time when I started back running with the LA run community back when we had like our, our Nike run club days. Um, so I was motivated by the people doing those workouts. Like, cause I was like doing eight miles or 10 miles on the weekend was like impossible. Like I could not, I remember one of the runs we did at the Grove. I just did the 5K, but it was still so early on, like in my recovery, that one mile in was hard for me. Like my legs were burning and I was itchy and I had to like stop and walk so many times. So I really leaned on the power of community and having like a structured plan, a place to be to help motivate me to even get into the mindset of training. And then when I decided to train for that first marathon, that was kind of my checkpoint i told myself that if i could make it through the training and finish this marathon then i knew that things would be okay like things were going in the right direction and what happened after you did achieve your marathons because you've done what seven marathon now what what <sighs> nine what, <laughs> nine nine now nine you're, so you're going for yeah. your tenth berlin's gonna be your tenth one yeah yeah that's awesome yeah. so now that you kind of like picture like well not and you haven't just done one marathon you've done you know, handful of marathons. You said challenge to yourselves, like doing the sub four thirty. Mm -hmm. Along this journey, you constantly challenge yourself. Like, what has that resulted? Like, what made you realize after achieving all these marathons for yourself? What does that make me realize? Yeah, we put the limits we put on ourselves are just like in our minds, you know. Um, and just like. If you're going through that first marathon training cycle, you start to realize that there's a lot more to it than just getting out and running. And that's the same thing in life. Like we may grow up, like you said earlier, sometimes we get a diagnosis and we think like that's the end all be all. Um, but the, the, hard, the more you try and the more you're, you're willing to try, the more you see that that's not it. Um, there may be things that your, your doctor is telling you to do, but you know in your heart it's not the right thing for you to do. So that gives you a chance to learn to advocate for yourself, which is a huge deal when it comes to like having a chronic illness, like being able to really get in tune with yourself and being able to uh, discern like what feels good, what doesn't feel good, 
um, and advocating for yourself. Um, they do say that, you know, movement, movement is medicine and movement really can help people with chronic diseases and illnesses and things like that. But you don't really know until you, like, you put it into practice and you really see how a specific form of movement movements um, feels like to you or helps you in the process. So I've really learned to just trust myself a bit more. That was a huge thing for me, um, especially like, you know, going out on the long run and being, you know, you're not sure how it's going to go if you're going to complete it. Same thing with life and health, you know, like you don't know until you try, but you actually, you still have to get out the door and do it and learn along the way. Do, do you feel that, well, when your body doesn't cooperate in ways that you want it to cooperate, how that impacts, you know, your training or your mindset too, right? Like you have certain plans and your body's not, and this is for anybody, not just anyone who's diagnosed with something. I feel like sometimes our journey doesn't go, like we have a plan. I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. And then we get hit or sidetracked by something, you know, we get an injury yeah. or our body's not doing what it wa wants it to do. How do you navigate through that, specifically in the mental health part when you're not achieving the, the things that you want to achieve? Yeah, I think something I've had to, to learn along the way is that rest is also productive. Um, and I've noticed in those periods where I've decided just to take a step back, coming back from those periods has, has let me just be more motivated and committed to that goal. Because um, what I notice with me and, and maybe some other runners is, is again, good, getting back to that motivation. Um, if you're, I feel like if your mental health isn't in it or you feel like that your mental health is like really stopping you from achieving those goals, it's really good to take a look at what those, what are the goals you have set and why you have set them. Um, we talk a lot about like the why being important. So always making sure that it's coming back to something that's actually important to you and looking at the reasons why you want to achieve them and not just doing it to do it. Um, I, the mental health aspect of things is something that I've had to learn along with like every training cycle, going from a person that would get frustrated if I didn't hit certain paces, if I uh, thought a run went really bad and I would just let it ruin my mood to kind of going like, okay, let me check out the wins for this run. One, did I do it? Great, that's a win. Did I hit most of the paces? Great, that's a win. Did I recover well? Like all these little pieces start coming into play when we're talking about the mental health and you kind of realize that it's not just about always being the fastest, going out the longest and things like that, but there's so many other things to look at that really build up your mental game. No question here by Keith. How do you choose your races and how many do you like to run in a year? Great question. Ooh. <laughs> oh, okay. So <laughs> when I started, I did my first marathon in 2017 and I love training so much that I signed up for the second marathon before I finished the first. That's when I knew I was like, oh, they got me. <laughs> so, I've, so since 2017, I've done... I've done two marathons a year with the exception of 2020 and 2021. Those were the only changes. So I did uh, LA Marathon 2020 CIM last year. And I kind of just kept that going. There was, I think my big year was in 2019 when I did two marathons and three, no, three marathons and two ultras. Wild year. I've never felt more fit. Super fun. Um, but uh, I would choose those races back then just basically because of the challenges I had, like my cornerstone marathon, which is always LA. And then I would try to do something else like in a different city. And that's just basically what I would go off from. I will say that is changing nowadays. And that's kind of like, 
that's how I'm seeing my growth as a runner is not really not really feeling quite inclined to keep that same schedule anymore, but to start to look towards the next adventure. Like uh, this is going to be my 10th marathon. So I kind of feel like, all right, cool. It's good enough time to explore what's next. I've done like the 50K, which I love. I don't know if I'll do another one, but never say never. But um, yeah, I think I'm in a phase in my, my running career where I'm looking at like, what am I going to do to challenge myself next? Do you, is the marathon distance your favorite distance at the moment? Yes. Well, I loved it, but now, I, now I'm kind of feeling like, oh, I do want to try uh, more, of the, more of the relay things, which is why I'm super excited like, you know, to do like the speed project next year. But also try my hand at like, speed. I don't think um, the speed and the shorter distances is something that I had a chance to really explore during the marathon cycle. So I would love to like see what an intense 5K, 10K, 15, sorry, half marathon cycle would feel like too. Let's talk a little bit about the speed project because it's really cool what you guys are doing for next year. So for the, yeah. just explain a little bit for those that do not know what the speed project is and kind of what your, your group is going to do next year and the purpose of your group. Yeah, so the speed project is an unsanctioned race, um, meaning no rules. It's not like, you're not gonna find it in the official registry of any, you know, races that you're looking for um so it's self-supported as well so whatever is in your rv whatever is in your car that's what you're taking with you from santa monica to las vegas um so the teams vary in terms of like um gender or size or things like that but the goal is to run from santa monica to las vegas as fast as you can um you have a map but you also have choices within that map as long as you're like not being bad to the other teams you know it's basically anything goes um, so I'm pretty excited about it because I've, I've watched a speed project for years now, just like on Instagram and like watch my other friends do it. So, um, when I was invited by Jocelyn, I literally told her like, this is a dream come true. I'm so excited that you thought to reach out to me and to also make it a team of women, like unlimited women is our team name. And what's special about us is we all kind of, we, we know we love to run, but we love to add that extra oomph to it. So most of us are, we're advocates, we're we're mothers, we are coaches, we're all these different mixes of things. And we're most importantly, like we're a diverse group of women. So that's our main thing is to show the diversity in this race too, which in the past has also been predominantly white. I'll just say that. So to have a team of women of color out there just chucking it on, I think that's what I'm most excited for. So I, and I hope people are excited to watch this too. I know you're very passionate about that, bringing more diversity to the running community, not just on the road, but on the trail specifically. And like you mentioned earlier, that was one of the motives to why you started trail running. What What do you want to say to women or how do you think we as individuals can get more diversity on the trails? Uh, what have you seen or you seen work and based on your uh, activism, you know, your community research that you've been doing? Yeah, I think the first thing I would say is that I understand your hesitancy. Um, if you didn't grow up going outdoors, whether that was like camping and hiking, things like that, if you were mainly like you played in your neighborhood, things like that, you're entering new territory. And that's completely okay to feel nervous about, um, especially if you don't have a group of people to go out and do it with, or if you feel like it's there's just too many barriers, whether it's like you don't even live near a trail. You have to travel far to get one. You don't know what you're supposed to be wearing and eating and things like that. So really just my person would always just be acknowledging those barriers because they are very, very real. Um, and on the other side, I would say more on the industry side or the branding side, there's still a lot of work to be done with making women of color feel 
included. And that's going to be going beyond just putting us like on their Instagram page or, you know, things like that in their magazines, but also literally reaching out to us and saying, Hey, what, like, what is it that you need? This is what we're trying to do. Even working one-on-one -on -one with the, with the audience that you're trying to capture could be a good way to go about it. You know, not just assuming, you know, what the missing pieces are, but talking to the people, um, getting their side of things and then working around that to actually bring them more into that space. And it could just start with one or two people. That's fine. I, I'm not expecting like a huge jump in the number of women of colors in the outdoors, but I want to see more. Like we were looking at the stats from um, the outdoor report from 2021 and they're still so low for any category for people of color. So it's like, I would love to see a 2% increase next year, you know, stuff like that. But it's just, it's, I know it's going to be a slow change, but it's, it's possible. Is there any organizations that have helped you in your journey with running and someone who's interested in getting into running might, you know, they might look into these organizations that could potentially help them. Cause you're here based in Los Angeles. And I know majority of my listeners are here in California and even outside, mm -hmm. like if someone's outside from California, like how do they get, how, would you, what would you recommend for them to kind of join a group or be part of a community, which will allow them to kind of expand themselves and feel more comfortable? You can start by, Putting it out there, um, that I think the thing is like there's got there's some point where you just ha you've got to meet halfway. Um, people don't know what you want some sometimes unless it's you're vocalizing it. So even that's even that even if that's just you kind of going on your Instagram and being like, hey, been running for a while, I would love to like join a group. You can join your own. You can make your own group. That's what I always say. Like it doesn't have to be this thing where you are. Um, looking for a brand name or like one of the bigger organizations to join your group could just be you and a really good friend that, that has similar goals. And you guys start off that way before you start branching out and really building on that community. So start small, but really um, voicing it that this is something that you're interested in. Um, it's again, using Instagram as a great tool to even research the groups that are out there uh, doing hashtags, things like that. Location searches, location searches to see, you know, group schedules, where they're meeting, um, how far they're running, things like that, and just getting more comfortable. And not really having to, like, dive in if, if they're doing, like, multiple runs a week. Maybe you just start with one. Or maybe you reach out to whoever's doing a uh, run that organization and, and introduce yourself before you head out there just to kind of get the lay of the land if it helps you be more comfortable. Yeah. Well, I think we're lucky in L.A. living with a, yeah. in a place with so many groups. It, it's very easy for us, but I can imagine, you know, people in other states where – Groups are few and far between, and they're really like searching for that sense of community um, beyond the front screen. Yeah. And it can get overwhelming too, because then you see runners at all different levels. And if you're a beginner, you see more experienced runners, and you can get inspired by them, but you also can get intimidated by them. You're like, what am I doing here? I do not belong here. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. And I think that's also up to the group to really convey that message of like, this is for everybody. Like, we are all paces. We, all sizes, things like that. And to not only say it, but to embody it and live it when you're out there running with people. It's like, you're not just cheering off for the fast people and nothing like your schedule isn't running off of the fast people's times, you know, but it's really making sure that last runner is safe and coming in and making sure that those mid packers are, are welcome just as much as the people that are leading the pack are welcome. Yeah, I agree. There's like another question here. By Myra, do you have plans to run 50Ks, 50 50-milers, 50 or 100-milers? Uh, 
I'm gonna, t- I'm gonna tell you right now, the hundred miler is a no. <laughs> um, which is important to know. It's just, I think it's really important to just be honest with yourself and like look at the amount of time and dedication and training it's going to take, and look, and ask yourself, do I have it? It's not that it's not that I can't do a hundred miler. It's definitely not. I, I can totally run. Like I have that belief, but do I have? Do I want to put in the time? It's a different aspect of it. Do I want to, I, I forgot how long my came, but it's, it's, it's a pretty dense chunk of time in your calendar. <laughs> um, and I know for me, one thing that I enjoy with any training cycle is having a certain level of freedom. Um, if, I, if I'm in a training cycle, but I feel like I have the ability to jump into some event or some race, that's what makes me happy. And I feel really unhappy if I feel too restricted in a plan. So I think for me, I'm also afraid of like just the restriction and the rigidity that the 50 or the 100 mile distance um, that you have to do. But 50K, I, I, can, I can see myself doing another 50K. <laughs> That's actually a very important thing you just mentioned. I don't think a lot of people realize that sometimes people just look like, oh, what's the next challenge? Oh, I can do a 50K. I want to do a 50 miler. Oh, I want to do 100K. Mm-hmm. And they just want to see the next challenge. But as mm-hmm. you know, we're both coaches, and I think the the missing point is okay. You you can do it, but are you willing to commit to the level of training to get there right. to do it successfully? Mm-hmm. Right? Like it's 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 not just it's not like jumping from a half marathon to a marathon where it's just a yeah. It's, it's you're doubling like fifty k to a hundred mile. That's seventy, you know, sixty nine more miles. That's that's a lot yeah. more miles of training. And I yeah. and I think that's also very important that you say like we shouldn't we shouldn't feel like we have to do it like you said you, you you'd be okay with like it's not that i don't i can't do 100 miles is that i just don't want to commit to that i can't or you know life circumstances of committing to that level of training and and that's okay like you don't have to just because you run 50 k's doesn't mean you have to chase that 50 miler like you don't have yeah. to do it if it doesn't bring you joy right and what, what yeah. do you want to tell for most those individuals who are struggling with you know, they, they want to do that 50 miler. They're currently in that 50 K. Like I've done a 50 K what's the next challenge, but they don't feel like, you know, like, I don't know if I can right now put that t- level of training into my training plan. Yeah. I think my answer is twofold. One, you could reason with yourself and try and figure out what is the motivation again behind it. And also why you're not as excited to jump that distance. Maybe Maybe it's something fearful that you're not quite aware of. Maybe again, it's like a time thing, and you know for sure that it, it is gonna the, the amount of commitment is just more than you can promise to yourself at the time. Um, my second half of the answer is so one. Yeah, looking at the fears and the commitments and just kind of the the schedule. Um, but also, a part of me also wants to say try it. Like if you if you feel like you have that interest, but you're just not sure how it's gonna go. It doesn't hurt to start because like you said, you can start without signing up for a race if you just want to see what it feels like. And if you're getting like a month in, two months into training and you're like, yeah, I guess I can, I can do this for like a few more months, go ahead and sign up for that race because at least, you know, you've got, you're already two months in at that point. So you can commit to the rest and you're finding that your body is able to handle that switch too. There's another question here. It's a fun, how many Modelo's post run? Are you a Modelo uh, person, Ray? Oh my gosh, <laughs> I smell. <laughs> um, okay, so I I've done a very great job at not drinking this much during the cycle. I can count on I've had three. There's a three instances this whole summer where I have 
have had alcohol and I'm so proud of myself. It's in the past, I've definitely tried to have like alcohol free training cycles and it's not easy in the summer and there's so many things going on and things like that. But um, I do love Modelo's to answer that question, but I'm also, I'm also like very sober right now. <laughs> have you noticed a difference when you train when you're training like in a so you know sober cycle cycle compared to when you add drink even if it's just casual drinking you know after a run mm -hmm. or at a social gathering have you noticed a difference in your training absolutely um i don't know how other people metabolize alcohol but i've noticed it's gotten worse for me um and i think that is something to do with with the lupus like i just i could have one or two drinks in the next morning is just very hard for me so that's that's my motivation. Like I want to be able to get up in the morning and still just be able to move and run. Um, and even just one beer I've noticed like already slows me down. And I, I am a person that very much cares about, you know, the time that I have and the work that I have to do. So anything that I feel like I can skip because it's not adding to that work. Like it's, it's a no brainer for me to just like put a pause on it and like save the drinking for a more special occasion. Like I, I don't need to drink after every run, but maybe I'll have, I'll definitely have a beer after Berlin, you know, but that makes sense to have it then. But just during the week, it's, it's, it's not for me anymore as it was when I was younger. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like, it's, I celebrate after I'll, I'll, I'll enjoy it after my training cycle has finished or mm -hmm. has to end. So how, how yeah. has your running evolved through time? So you started road running and now it's trail running. I know you said a little bit about your, you talked a little bit about your mindset, but really how do you feel overall? What's your relationship with running like it was back in the day compared to now? It's, it's changed so much even in this last year. I feel like I had to go through a metamorphosis as a runner because I started doubting when I, when I couldn't run as much or as, longer as I, as, uh, as I was able to in the past, I really, that's when the mind games really started with me. And I was like, I used to hit this pace and now my miles are like at 12, 13. Am I still a runner? Can I still call myself a distance runner if I'm not doing that two marathon a year cycle? So I, about a year ago is when this like transformation started where I had to really, really like kind of look inward and define what being a runner meant for me. And I think it made sense at the time, too, after doing it for so long and having so many races that you just kind of come to this place where, like, you're trying to figure out what's next, but, you know, the distance isn't as, as appealing to you in the moment. So it's just like, and especially as runners, we, we can make it our identity so quick. And that's just, it's who we are. We're runners. We do this. We, we get up early on Saturdays. We do blah, blah, blah. We got to hit these mileage. And once you have that identity attached to you, it's, I've noticed it's just so hard to, to break away and to do something different, even when you feel internally that it's time for you to grow. So I say that started a year from Co. So anyone that's trying to figure it out, like in a couple of months, please be patient with yourself. Uh, if you've been like doing it long enough, I feel like we'll all hit the space where we're just like, like, what am I, what am I, what am I doing? Like, who am I if I'm not doing this? So that's, that's where I'm at. Um, and I'm glad that I gave myself th that time to just, to not run on purpose, to like do other things. Like I started biking more because that's, that's what felt good to me and running didn't feel good for me for a time. Um, but if I hadn't gone through that, I can't imagine what this training cycle would feel like now. Like I'm only so motivated and committed now because now I've rediscovered a different purpose for running. And now I'm like, I'm doing it for my fitness. I'm doing it for my health. I'm doing it because I need to set that foundation to do those next adventures too. So it's not so much about like, not trying to PR right now. The speed will come. I'm 
definitely more into trusting the process, whereas in the past, I could tell I was definitely more of an anxious runner. You know, I wanted to hit this goal. And if I didn't hit it during that marathon, it was like, it was good. But I was like, oh, I got to work harder next time. Now it's more just like run with people. I do the little things. I, I find a win in every run. And that's, that's what's keeping me going. Do you, do you feel that there's less pressure now on yourself because of this mindset shift? Yeah, yeah. I think uh, if I'm being honest with myself, in the past, there was a, definitely an element of trying to prove myself and my abilities, and I don't feel that now. Like, I will go to a run, and I'll be the slowest person there, and it doesn't matter because I got out the door that day, as opposed to, like, in the past where if I, if I didn't do – a 10k in an, hour, in an hour or something it was just like oh what's wrong with me but yeah there's definitely less pressure now and relieving of that pressure has allowed me to get into the mindset of doing this for the long run and that's something i'm working on now um in the past i've said you know I've, I've done all the little things i've done the stretching and nutrition and things like that i've realized that like there was so much deeper that i could have gone in back then but because i was more so concerned with the pacing and the miles and the image of being a runner I wasn't as focused as I was telling myself I was. So now I'm trying to really move into that, like, I want to do this long term. So let me do the things that require for me to do this long term. I, I know I know you like talked about or you talk a lot about body image and kind of how there's no such thing as a runner's body. Explain a little mm -hmm. bit more of that. I think a lot of people get so especially women, us women, you know, we get self cautious of our bodies of how it's looking when we're running and kind of yeah. Yeah, like elaborate more of that. Like, what do you mean by there's no such thing as a, you know, a runner's body, like one runner's body? Yeah, um, there can't be no such thing because we're all individual. From the start, we're made differently and we're going to develop differently. Um, I understand when running can feel uncomfortable because of certain aspects. Uh, like, I definitely felt that way too, uh, whether I've gained weight, lost weight, things like that. That's definitely valid things to look at. But when we're talking about the runner specifically having to be um, skinny, um, wearing the short shorts, things like that. That's that's where I draw the line and I have an issue with because we're just perpetuating this 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 one image of like a fast woman with abs and you know she looks like a gazelle when she's running and that's that's really not the majority. If you look at the demographic across the USA, hardly anybody looks like that. It may be fine for the professionals because that's a completely different category, but when we're talking about the ones that are just out there jogging or within their community, we just look like size 12, size 14, whatever, normal human beings. And that's that's okay. That's what it's supposed to be like. Um, and you're still able to get out and move your body. So you're running, you know? I think that moving towards gratitude of like, you can still move your body. You can get out. You can get out and run. There's people who can't get out and run. They're, you know, they're in a hospital. They're laying in bed. They're fighting for their life. They're, they're not able yeah. to physically do it. But if you're able to physically get out the door and hit the trails and just move your legs on the trail, you're a runner, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's another question here. Have you done any vacation races? Ooh, like from the group vacation race, the specific organization? No, I haven't. <laughs> um, but I've, I guess I've traveled. I'm not traveled for a race. Will Berlin count? <laughs> So I haven't done specific vacation races, like from the, the company, um, but I've, I've raced outside of SoCal. So I've been, I've like ran in Chicago. We had a little retreat on Susha Island, which was super fun, a trail running one. 
Um, Bay Area is one of my favorite places. So San Francisco Marathon, I loved. Um, running is just different. Like when I when I travel, one of the things I have to do is at least get one run in. Um, one of my like favorite memories is like when I got to go uh, visit home in Cameroon back in 2017. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to run on a completely different continent. I'm so hyped. Our schedule was so packed. I was lucky to just get in one. But the thing about it is like, it helped me kind of learn the differences in running culture. Like here, it's a normal thing. Like any time of the day, you're going to find someone on the street just jogging. What I learned from being back home was that it's really regulated to either like the early hours or the late evenings. And it was mostly men that were doing it. Like my cousins were very honest with me. They were like, we just don't see a lot of women running. So the one morning that I went out and, and did like a 5K jog, people were like clapping for me, like strangers, like rooting me on. I'm just like, <laughs> like, I feel like a celebrity in my hometown right now. But yeah. There's another question here by Keith about women's studies. I guess like there's not much research being done specifically in trail running comparison, men and women. Is there somewhere where mm -hmm. you get a lot of your research for, for running for data for women? Good old Google. Um, no, you're right. There's not a lot of research. Uh, I'm going to shout out running that running industry, uh, diversity coalition right now, because they are doing a study, um, on the outdoor industry and getting those, those stats and things. I did a post the other day from uh, the outdoor report. So that's something that I happened to like stumble on. Um, I think I heard about it through like Trail Runner, Trail Runner magazine um, one year and it's like an annual report that they, that they post. But to his point, that information isn't like as freely given as I would hope it is. Like you, if you want to know the stats, you have to go and look for the stats. And for me, it's just, just basically doing research. If I'm curious about something, I will always look it up and just see what I can find. What, what would, would advice would you give her as a coach? What's a common mistake you see a lot of runners that go from road running into trail running? What, what, what do you notice is kind of like, you see these running, you wish they didn't do that, but maybe we can educate mm -hmm. them today for those that are going into trail running, but they're used to the road running style. Of yeah. Running. Yeah. Um, the fact that you're running the whole time <laughs> is, is one of the biggest ones. Uh, a question I got a lot when I was starting was like, how do you, how are you running up on those hills and things like that? I'm like, girl, I'm, I'm hiking. I'm like powering up like this. I'm not at a, at a, like a, a straight, a level of strength where I can kind of like just run a hill straight out. I've had different periods where I can do that. But I also know like part of trail running is being a strong hiker and a strong walker so you need to you're developing those skills along with your running too you need to be able to get up so that you can again run the flats or jog the flats and downhills so that's one that's one thing i feel like would actually keep people from trying to trails because they think like oh, i have to be moving the whole time it's like no it's a completely different mental game and strategy that you have to, to learn to implement when you're coming off of the road um and the other thing would be not being as prepared as far as like maybe the terrain switch, um, just realizing that, you know, there's rocks, there's animals, there's just different things you're going to encounter as opposed to running like through different, like on the roads or your neighborhood or things like that. So also being prepared um, to hit all of those points too. But it's also, it's, it's fun. It's a completely different change of scenery. I think trail running complements road running in a really great way. 
Um, just because there's just it's, there's not just the running on the trails. It, it's strength training, low key strength training. It helps you with your mindset. Like, how do you feel when you have to climb for so long and like it's hot out and you just want to be done, but you have to you have to know this point where you have to turn around and go back down. It's not like you can call an Uber in the mountains, you know. So it's like if you want to kind of up your road running game, I would say definitely try out trail running too. What What are some things that road run well runners should should carry a trail runners like you're a beginner trail runner what are some things that you recommend them to take with them for their first trail run if someone's let's say someone wants to go to griffith park do a nice little trail run for an hour or so what will you yeah. recommend them to carry with them uh first thing that comes to mind is hydration so figuring out how you like to carry your hydration whether it's just a vest on your back a handheld or a belt so whatever you're comfortable running with whatever you're using on the road will probably work on the trails too if you're already used to carrying some form of hydration so just bring that over um protection so you're just more exposed on the trails most of the time so making sure you just have the little things hat glasses you're putting on sunscreen um or you're using like different things to to, to, to cover you up um and then nutrition one thing i found when i started with trails is like you know, some of the gels that I was using on the road at that point didn't feel good to eat on the trails. So that was like another <laughs> adventure in figuring out like, oh, maybe I like blocks on the trails because it gives me time to like chew something versus a gel that I can just take in. So having fun trying to figure that out, but also be prepared that some of the things that you had figured out when you were road running may not translate as easily over to the trails, but it just gives you another opportunity to figure out what works. And how do you train with, I know right now, for example, you're training for Berlin, which is a road marathon, but you're still incorporating some trail running into your training. Like how, how do you mix mm -hmm. both to make it work for you? Yeah, I think what's helped with that is, again, that mindset change, uh, making this training cycle more about getting that fitness back and being healthy and things like that. And for me, that looks like running on a variety of terrains. So I've been able to... To do the trail running, I've been able to go back and run on a track. And I think just having, just not not every day being on the road has helped sustain me a little bit. And it's given me uh, flexibility and accountability because I can go run with different groups and I'm hanging out with different people that help move the journey along. Um, and it's and after that, I think it's just a, a strategic planning. So I think as a coach, we might have a little insight about like, oh, I, I can do a trail run here and then maybe a double there. And that makes sense. I'm not going to be too tired. Um, but for someone that doesn't know and they're just trying to go into it, uh, I see that as another potential issue if they're like trying to do too much within the road and the trail and they don't quite know how to balance it. So for me, it's like I keep the trails on the easy days, um, paying attention to the calendar, like the race calendar we have for SoCal Trail. Uh, have, knowing what was coming ahead of time helped me be prepared. So if we had like a community run on a Sunday that was sort of long, I could shorten it. I could shorten my road run on set on Saturday and still be okay, and I would still hit my mileage. But the the weekends that were that I knew were more important to do a road long run, I went and did that. But the days that we had races and things like that, it was just more about switching things around. But keeping the mindset of just like, am I having fun? Am I still progressing? Um, really help to keep things in mind, and having both the road and trail experience made it easier to mesh too. So I, I, I kind of knew like how how long I should go, when I can go, and how to make it feel good along the way. When you create your training plan, do you do it based on the on the like the trainings? Like let's say it's a three month, four month, or do you go based on month by month depending on 
how the month is progressing for you? Mm. In the past, it's, uh, I, would, I was working with a coach in the past. This is my first training cycle where I tried to self-coach. So it's been interesting. Because um, I feel like I needed to just be intrinsically motivated first and set my foundation before I work with a coach again. Um, but in the past, I would have it week by week. So, like, every Sunday I would get a new plan and figure out what was what I was supposed to do that week, which was fine for me because in my head I could see the overall picture and I could see how things were building up, so I didn't quite need to see what I needed that whole month um, unless there was something like, specifically important coming up. But uh, in the past it would be, like, just the standard 16-week cycle, um, but I would get a plan each week. What advice would you give someone who's, like, you know, they can't afford a coach but they want to start training – and what way, you know, there's a lot of generic plans out there, but what, mm -hmm. what advice will you give to someone who's, okay, where do I start? I signed up for my first, you know, 25K trail race. I don't know what yeah. to do. I don't know what to start. What advice would you like to give them? Ooh, I think I look at having a coach as just an investment in your training, um, especially if you want to do well and be success successful. Um, try and minimize injury, things like that. Um, so I would look at that as kind of like the package that comes along with training. And I know running is expensive enough as it is, um, but the, you get you sort of get to choose like what is more important to invest in yourself in. So um, I, so I, I look at it, I look at coaching as an investment, just like I look at getting a massage when you can as an investment. Um, having gear and shoes that fit you well and that you feel comfortable running as an investment, things like that. Um, I would say start reaching out to various coaches and just be honest about your situation. Like sometimes you can see a price list, but hey, if you've got a friend that coaches, if you know multiple people that coaches, maybe they're willing to work with you too. It's all about communicating um, and be able to work work with someone that can still help you achieve your goals because that's what a coach is for at the end of the day. I really, I mean, I, I hate for price to be a barrier, especially in like the BIPOC community where we're already, we're already dealing with like more expensive than more expenses than other people. So to come up to, to know that you want to be a better runner, but to be stopped by like, Oh, I can't afford $300 a month training for blah, blah, blah. It's like, that's, 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 that's an honest, fair assessment, but reach out to, I would say network of various coaches and just kind of, um, try and work with them yeah and see what they say it never hurts to, to just try yeah and I think that's very important I actually had that theory that maybe one of the reasons why we don't see a lot of diversity on the trails is because and I'm not trying to put financially with but it's statistics show right like more people of color are live more in the working class poverty levels than more of like yeah. white people right there's more that can afford this kind of a lifestyle and I see it myself too like I'm a mother I'm a single mother I you know it's only my son and I and it's hard yeah. it's really tough like my my races are chose very wisely like one race <laughs> yeah. that's all I'm gonna do because that's all I can afford yeah so I, I I totally get that yeah like speak up ask what you need because you never know who's willing to help you out and there's yeah. other ways you can pay a coach like a good testimonial or a reference or there's other ways right there's other ways yeah payback and look we, we we already influenced someone my uh reina just said she's intrigued so she reina is a 
she said she's a road runner. She's never been to trail running, but now she's intrigued by trail running. So yeah, Reina, you got you have to yeah. try. You gotta do it. I always tell people once you hit the trails, it's so back to go 100% back on the roads. Yeah, it's still that part of you that still wants to hit the trails. It's such a different experience. I highly recommend anyone who's interested yeah. or even curious about the trails to really just explore, explore that option because you just never know yeah. what you're gonna get out of it. Agreed. What's what's your what's your vision for our for our running community, Mireille? My vision. What is that? My vision. Whew. I I feel very fortunate to come from the Los Angeles running community or to come up in the LA running community. Um, I've been here a while, and I'm really starting to feel that there's there's something like bubbling in LA. You know, like I just I I'm feeling this energy of LA being the forefront of like a run of what a running city can be in the US. Um, and it's like I don't quite have the words yet, but just seeing how many groups have popped up, how people are committed, the amount of people we're able to like get to certain resources or to train together, that is really special. And the fact that it's like a genuine community and no one's out here just like trying to put each other or different clubs down. That's very vital, and I think that's what's going to sustain us as a as a running culture and a running club and running community. Um, there are a few things that I I see myself working more on in the future. I think one piece of it is definitely the the coaching. Um, I was talking to a different coach who pointed that who pointed out that I'm in a unique position because I'm young, I'm black, and I'm female, and that's already just like an outlier <laughs> in the coaching world. Um, so being like being able to um, to work on that and really capitalize on that could do a lot of great things for our community, not just people of color, but, but, but to get female runners out there and comfortable as well. Um, I, I really want to get into a space where we can talk about community in a public health sense. So that's like a project that I would like to work on. Like my background is in public health. I really care about how the, all the dots are connected. And I, and I feel like the special herbs that make other people see how the dots are connected. Like the fact that if you are in a club and you're able to practice at a certain facility at a certain time, like that's a public health win. Like we need to be looking at that as just like an achievement on the city, on the city's end, but also on our end as well. The fact that we do have these spaces available, that they're hopefully maintained, hopefully they're well lit. Like that's, that's not something that, that we would be thinking of as a runner, but if we want to see running progress, we've got to get like the environment involved too. We've got to start looking at like, is this, is this a pedestrian safe city? Do we have, you know, access to water fountains in certain areas? Like all these little things that really make up what running, what makes running easier for us. What, what would you say for those that are looking into being potential leaders in their community? They're starting their own running group. But like you just said right now, do you recommend them reaching out to their local city kind of council or trying to figure out how they can get support from the city or what would you recommend for anyone who's like, who's intrigued? They're like, I want to start my own little running group in my area so I can have friends and, you know, new people to run with. Yeah. I think it always starts with having the purpose and figuring out the why, like really hash down what it is that you're trying to bring into the running space. Because as I've mentioned, again, in a city like LA, where there's a lot of us, you can kind of like kind of fall into the mix of just being any old club. But if you have a specific purpose, that's what's going to keep you going. Like, do you want to make a club in your area because, you know, you've only got this one park that nobody uses and you want to get the community out running more. So that's a, that's a strong enough purpose to, to start to get involved and to make a club. Do you want to 
um, get like the youth involved to get them more activated, more active in your club. That's another reason to do that. So really figuring out what it is that you feel is missing currently in the community and culture wise, and then build the club from that. I think that's hopefully people are more influenced. We need more leaders out. I know we have a lot of groups and clubs, but there's, there's just way the demand is just so high. There's always going to be, it's like, even if there's one coach, like we're both coaches, but they're just, we can't coach everybody. Like we need exactly. more leaders. We need more coaches. We need more people helping other people get up, mm -hmm. on the, get out the door. So um, if you're an inspiring or someone who's looking into being a leader in their community, just get out there and just do it. Right. Like just yeah. find a few other people who you can surround yourself with, meet up a few times a week, once a week or something like that, set a schedule and, and get out there. Yeah. I think that would really help our community. Mireille, well, like, what's your style? What type of people do you coach? If anyone's interested in your coaching, like, do, is there a specific distance or anything that you know that you usually attract? What type of runners do you attract? I think when I start, I started coaching early this year in January, and uh, at the time I was very most comfortable with like the beginner runner or um, people getting back into it because I was still in the mindset of like, oh, I haven't ran a three fifteen marathon. How can I coach someone to a three fifteen marathon? I simply let, let go of that uh, because, you know, goals are built the same kind of thing. And we, there's a certain structure to running to achieve those goals. So I think I was kind of holding myself back in a sense because I wouldn't be able to work some experience with that type of athlete as opposed to, like, working with someone that where it is their first marathon or where they are getting back into it. But I think I've learned to kind of just trust my knowledge and my expertise as the months have gone by to expand my coaching repertoire. So now I would say I'm, I'm very open to coaching, um, not just the beginner runner, not just the one like getting into it, but any distance, like 5K uh, to the marathon. I haven't quite dipped into the ultra marathon training distance. So if anybody wants to be my first ultra marathon athlete, let me know. Um, but yeah, so anything beginner, 5K up into the marathon, or you don't even have to have a goal. Like I have a couple of clients that are just like, they're doing a, a walk run for, or a walk to run program. They, they just want to move comfortably. So we're starting at that level too. So again, it just goes back to communication and being honest with like where you see yourself now and where you hope to see yourself in a few months. And we go from there. What, what's, what do you think stops a lot of people from like taking that leap of getting a coach or not knowing like, oh, I don't know what to train for. I don't know what would be my goal. Like, what would what you give or what would you want to tell that person who's kind of struggling with that? To, to start at the beginning, um, going back to like the, the run walk program, like you, you don't need to be, you don't need a coach to be trained. Like I'm saying that backwards. Like you don't need to, again, have that goal race in mind to get a coach. Sometimes a coach is this there for accountability Sometimes it's there to help bridge. They're there to help bridge the knowledge gap with running. Um, there's a lot of lingo that we throw out there, and for what's, for someone that's like just getting into it, they can you know it can go over their head. So if you just need someone to explain to you what a fart lick is, what an interval is, like why you do a speed workout in the long run, like there's so many different purposes to like hiring a coach to just like getting you to to race state. Like there's different things you learn along the way, or even along about yourself too. So we're also there to like motivate and inspire and teach to the best of our abilities too and not so much just like making sure you're hitting x amount of miles um per week but trying to explain why you're hitting these miles the importance of the certain workouts and how running fits how like a specific week or training fits into the overall plan and if anyone's interested in your coaching like getting coached by you 
where can they get more information? You, you can always reach out to me via DM. I coach with a group called Lift, Run, Perform, and we also have a separate Instagram for that. So if you're ever interested in those services, the cool thing about us is that, like, not only do we offer, like, run coaching, but we have strength coaching that you can add on to your plan. We have uh, gait analysis. We have uh, nutritionists um, and a mental health coach as well. So there's different things that you can kind of play around with um, if you're interested in the run coaching and additional services too. So, yeah. And I know we're getting towards the end of our our interview here, but I, I, I do want to ask one last question. And it's like, mm -hmm. what, what do you what do you want people to know more or what are last thoughts or words you have for our running community, specifically for women? We want to get more women on the trails. We were really mm -hmm. that's the main reason of this podcast is I really want more women. on. The, I want people to really get more on the trails. We need diversity with yeah. women. And yeah, what are some last words and thoughts you have for our community? Right. start by reaching out um don't be afraid the outdoors are for everyone and i know that's become like sort of a fancy slogan nowadays but i i really believe in that uh, we may have grown up thinking that it wasn't as accessible or things like that but there's also different levels of accessibility even in that phrase you know um maybe you don't quite ask start with trail running, maybe you just start out going on a hike or a nature walk and things like that. And you slowly build up over time. But as long as you are feeling in that need to be active and outdoors, that's a start. And then you start connecting with community in that sense. Again, pulling out, putting out that call to action, like I'm interested in this. Are there any groups that do this? Or is there a friend that wants to join me and do that? And then of course, reaching out to people like you, you and I who are more than happy just to keep referring people um, out into the trails or to races, inviting them to join our community runs and things like that. But yeah, start slowly and just build over time. Thank you so much, Ray. I really enjoyed our conversation. Again, guys, if, you, I'm a, I'm a, if you're listening to this in the podcast, I will tag her Instagram in the show notes so you can go and reach out to Mireille. She has amazing content. She's always educating runners, uh, putting a lot of good stuff out there. So make sure you guys reach out to her or check out her stuff. Again, Mireille, thank you so much for your time. I really enjoyed what? talking. I feel like we could talk forever. Like we have so much oh, for sure. about. <laughs> um, But best of luck at Berlin. It's just what, five weeks away? Yes. <laughs> the best of luck there and uh yeah i i can't wait to see how you do i know you're gonna kill it and just have fun and enjoy and have a great time and right. thank you everyone who joined us today thank you everyone thanks daisy bye